Talk Central is brought to you by TomTom Africa, a leading international enabler of accurate location-based platforms throughout Africa, offering innovative, comprehensive, and high-quality digital maps to businesses and governments. For more information, visit tomtom.co.za slash geospatial. I'm Richard van Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 126 for the weekend starting 8 May 2015. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, where you'll find South Africa's best technology journalism. That's right, Duncan. No headlines like a rat that won't die, Vuta floods, and a crazy tokoloshi from hell. <laughs> no, no crazy tokoloshis <laughs> from hell on Tech Central. On Talk Central this week, we talk about Elon Musk's Powerwall solution and how it might just change the world. Also this week, Telcom's wholesale price cuts, the new MVNO MeNU Mobile, and Microsoft's bull conference announcement. Before we get to all of that, though, we need to pay the bills. We'll be back in just a moment. The Vox Telecom Cloud is the future of business. Developed from the ground up, it's a turnkey, fully managed approach to the cloud. It offers you guaranteed support, a national network with true redundancy, fully managed services across all layers, and most importantly, a single point of accountability. The Vox Telecom Cloud. It's how cloud should be. To find out more about the Vox Telecom Cloud, SMS your name to 45454 or visit voxtelecom.co.za. Standard rate supply. Well, welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. How's it, Duncan? Good, good. Recovered from all the holidays. Yeah, it seems like uh, we can get back on track with uh, the working days again. It's a... Uh but uh, I did enjoy those holidays. It was good. Very was nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Back yeah. on track with the podcast too, which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which has uh, fallen by the wayside over the last uh, few weeks. Apologies for that. But um, back on track and lots to talk about. So let's let's kick straight let's kick straight into it. And without doubt, the biggest announcement of the last week has been the announcement uh, from Elon Musk about um, the Powerwall and other battery solutions from his new business, Tesla Energy. Um, I managed to watch the keynote. You haven't had a chance to see it yet, uh, but I highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen it yet to go and have a look. It's only about 18 minutes long, so it's not one of these these, uh, two-hour to three-hour mega keynotes that seems Hmm. to be favored by the likes of Apple and Microsoft these days. It was short, sharp, and, and, and to the punch. But uh, to the point. But it, it's, it, was, um, it was a really interesting keynote and well worth watching. Um, I, I thought it was almost the antithesis of a tech keynote. Mm. Um, the, uh, here Elon Musk got on stage. He looked almost a little nervous, I thought, when he, when he first started talking. There was no fanfare or music to welcome him. He just sort of walked on stage and, and started having a chat. And it was almost like a bit of a fireside chat he had with the audience, even though he was on stage in front of a, a large screen. Mm. He, um, he 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 stammered a bit through his presentation, uh, and um, while he was you know he's clearly confident about the products he's developed here, he's um, he didn't come across as um, what's the word bombastic uh, mm-hmm. in, in his presentation, and it, I think it was a welcome change from what we see in from from tech industry keynotes these days. Um, it was short, short, it was to the point, uh, didn't you know drag on for two or three hours. Um, and you know it, what he announced, uh, while not revolutionary because um, the technology behind it has been here for some time, it certainly has the potential to change the world in that he's going to be doing this on an industrial scale. Yeah, yeah. He's also adapted a lot of the the, the, the old ideas around this technology, the battery yeah. powered technology, and he upscaled a bit. Um, upscaled to an enormous amount. In fact, they're talking about giga gigawatt hours of storage capacity scale um, solutions here, powering entire cities. Um, but, but but the main products that that I think will interest you and me is uh, uh, 
is the Powerwall solution that he announced, um, mm, which mm. is really an attempt um, to get homeowners off the grid. Yeah, or at yeah. least to reduce their reliance on uh, on, on, on the grid. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a it's an amazing idea if you think about it. A a, a almost like a, a one-stop solution to to bring out your house off the grid. You know, by mounting this battery new wall, um, and you know, with the power of Tesla behind it, or the, the engineers of Tesla behind mm. it. Um, I can only imagine that the, the, the kind of technology they're putting in is certainly going to, to set the standard for a lot of things going forward. And a lot of people are going to potentially adapt some of the technology. And we'll, we'll see better evolution of, of battery technologies as a result of this, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, without a doubt. It's, it's a well-packaged solution. It's good-looking as well. It comes mm. in a range of colors. You can mount it in your garage wall. In fact, you can mount it just about anywhere. Um, and uh, you know, the idea is that it stores energy either from the grid or from, um, even better, solar paneling. Yeah. Um, so that you can either use this this um, the stored electricity when, and I know that's not the case in South Africa at the moment, although there's talk of it coming, when um, demand is high and therefore prices of electricity are higher, yeah, um, allows you to switch across to the battery to to consume your stored power and then to use uh, recharge the batteries or to use grid power when um, when prices are lower. Yes, we don't yes. have that sort of differentiated pricing in South Africa yet, but the, it's probably coming quite yeah. soon. Um, and uh, but I think more interesting in the South African context is is the is the, is the load shedding uh, mm-hmm. that we experience and the ability to power your house when the power goes out, um, and 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 to reduce your electricity bill because you know yeah. power bills are going up ten twenty percent a year. Um, if if you can couple this with some solar PV, um, you you, yeah, you, you can have you can have a, a, you can really get a reduce your reliance on the grid um, if not get off the grid entirely sure sure um, with not too much cost mm. it's not going to be cheap I mean this isn't going to appeal to the mass market but um, you know you'd probably be able to put some put one of these systems in with some solar PV for for the upper five digit number range mm. in rands it's still a lot easier than what any solution that's available now I mean for anybody that really wants to get off the grid today or, or at mm. least implement a, a battery solution at home mm. uh, it's, you know you're going to have to buy lots of different parts and, and probably kind of hack your way through to get the exact uh, kind of solution that you need yes. where this this, uh, this power test. wall yeah this is a component thing it's like you buy it in the shop you mount it in the wall probably plug it into a DB somewhere and, yeah. and, and that's it you might still need an electrician to you still need an electrician to hook it up I imagine unless you're a, an electrician Electrical engineer, but um, but but certainly it's making it a lot easier, and it's, it's it's I think it's it's opening consumers' eyes to how you can actually go about doing this. I know a lot of yeah. people, a lot of South Africans, well, I would say a lot, but certainly you know probably thousands of South Africans have have already done this using car batteries and, mm-hmm. and inverter mm-hmm. systems and that sort of stuff. Um, but this 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 makes it sexy. It's it's not you're not going to have you know dozens of car batteries on your garage floor. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is something exactly. you mount on. You know, on 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 the wall of your garage, for example, or on an outside wall, even, mm, mm. Um, and 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 just hook it up. Um, and it's it's designed to to um, be plugged into solar PV already. So um, you're not going to have to do a lot of research and a lot of. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be a component, component solution where you buy it off the shelf or online. Yeah. Somebody comes and install it, and then yeah. you're good to go. And, and in fact, like, they've announced partnerships um, as part of the you know as part of the press announcement for this thing. Mm. They've announced partnerships with a whole range of companies, including solar PV providers, inverter cup providers, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, installation yeah. companies. Um, they're also working with utilities. Uh, the idea being that. Um, this this thing is completely scalable. That uh, you you know a, a, a company like Escom could buy it and install it um, on vast scale yeah. um, as a backup yeah. solution to to perhaps cope when the grid is is under pressure, or to um, even to to uh, to manage 
demand or peaks on the on the grid if, if for example a power station is being brought mm. taken down or brought back online um, really interesting stuff um, and, and I think this would be particularly interesting when it's tied to solar farms yeah um, so if you have a vast solar farm and there are a few of those being built in South Africa at the moment uh, we've written about them in quite a bit of detail on Tech Central in the past hook those things up to a battery solution like this and you can store that um, store mm. that battery mm. instead of pushing it straight into the grid and potentially losing it. Yeah, yeah. and this hybrid solution is certainly going to be the, the only way South Africa is going to be able to get enough people on or off the grid at least uh, to, to preserve a lot of the power that mm. we that we produce. Um, uh, and if we can, if uh, and, uh, and sorry, Elon Musk also said that you can stack these things, so you, you can you can create more power than just what one yeah. unit can do. You can uh, power small suburbs or, or small cities. communities at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cities. And and he, I mean, he said this is going to be infinitely scalable. Um, and, and the scale, the scale he's talking about here of deploying deploying a billion of these things yeah. across the planet to actually meaningfully reduce our reliance on fossil fuels. I think yeah, and and it, it's going to take a company like like Tesla, who's already made a name for itself in the in the the battery industry in many ways, mm. um, to to set a trend so that others can follow, or at least yeah. see what works and what doesn't work. And I, and I think I would also much rather bet uh, my money on on Tesla's technology, mm. uh, battery technology, than uh, using something like car batteries, which yeah. is dated and and uses. Uh, you know, it's not the same uh, chemicals that's, that's yeah. in the battery, and they're not going to last as long, and their recharge time. Well, these, is are, these are lithium ions, so it's the same same battery technology that powers your smartphone. It's yes, not, it's yes. not the um, it's not the uh, the big ugly polluting uh, lead acid batteries mm. that you're used to. Uh, that many people actually do use for these solutions. I don't know what that, what I don't know how polluting a lithium-ion battery actually is at the end of the day, and what sort of maintenance it's going to, it's going to require over a period of time compared to. I know lead-acid batteries have to be checked every couple of years mm-hmm. and topped mm-hmm. up and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but um, I, I, I actually don't know what the lifespan is of a lithium-ion battery and what how you'd service it. But sure, I'm sure that the, there will be a system in place where you can swap out batteries, but I don't think it'll be a, a year or two yearly thing. I mean, I'm sure these no, things sure will last decades. five to ten years. At yeah, least maybe even ten longer. years. At I least mean. ten years. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. So starting at $3,000, so that's 36,000 Rand, um, and that's before taxes and import duties and uh, yeah, installation heavy and solar too. PV and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at at least, I would say, probably 45,000 Rand for this unit. Um, you're then looking at um, ad- additional costs if you haven't got solar PV you're going to have to install that as well yeah. although you don't, you don't have to have solar PV you can power this thing through the grid as well um, although ultimately I think you'd want to put solar PV in and connect it, uh, connect, yes, connect it yes. via that well if you're going to be charging your Tesla vehicle you also want uh, free energy by using the solar panels I think yeah. and that connects and I think that's where this whole idea came from actually mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean BMW is talking about that as well they're talking about building I forget what they call it but they, they, they're talking about turning people's garages creating these solar carports where you pull in Oh, yes. And you plug your car in, and um, it charges via the sun. Um, I'm, I'm sure this, this thinking all came out of the, you know, how do we charge these Tesla uh, electric vehicles? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an illogical extension of that. I mean, you know, what's the solution for? You know, we're going to be charging your car. How can we use the same technology to charge your home or power exactly. your home at the same time? Exactly. No, I think it's a brilliant move, and, and mm. I'm so glad to see that a South African is at the, the head of this. Yeah, or, or and it was so fun to listen to the watch the podcast and still hear that he's got a bit of his South African twang. <laughs> still, <laughs> he's, he's sounding more and more American, but you've, you know, some of the words still he clearly has that South yeah, African accent yeah. still. Um, it will be interesting to see if he's going to. I mean, uh, I, I doubt that he will, but if he's if he's going to put special emphasis on on trying to get this or similar technology into South Africa, seeing that. Uh, you know, this is where he comes from, and then he, I'm sure he, he knows about the issue, the power issues we yeah. have here. Um, He's been be out good. of the country for 27 years, so I don't know if um, 
you know, I don't know how much affinity he still has in this country, <laughs> true, but. True. Uh, you know. But I'd like to think that we may might say, okay, yeah, guys, let's, but he uh, let's try he, and get to South Africa sooner. I hear yeah. he does come here on holiday and stuff from time to time, so um, I'm sure he still has connections with this country. Yeah, um, yeah. It certainly looks like this product was designed for South Africa, but uh, of course we know that's not the case. Yeah, no, no, for sure, <laughs> for sure. It uh, just happens to be a great solution for for, uh, for, for, for South Africa. And so. uh, he's, he's, he's another step closer to becoming uh, Tony Stark, let's be honest. I mean, if you look <laughs> at the kind of things he's, uh, he's talking about and unveiling these days. Yes. Yeah. I almost expect that uh, the power wall to, to fold out into a, a, a robotic suit or something. That could be amazing. How do yeah. you power your suit? Yeah. Well, he still wants to go to Mars in his lifetime and establish a colony there. So, Well, these batteries could help a lot if, if there is a problem with power. I mean, there's no utilities on Mars, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so that's Elon Musk. Uh, um, quite an impressive announcement. Go, go, do go watch that video. It's only 18 minutes long. You'll find it on YouTube. Um, well worth uh, well worth the view um, just yeah. just for um, how uh, I think how down to earth he is compared to these other keynotes where these guys these brash executives get up and you know we're going to change the world we're the greatest company in the history of companies this is how many mm, products we mm. sell every year etc um, he, he got up there and he was um, it was he was he was actually rapping with the audience at some points. He someone shouted. I can't. You couldn't quite hear what they were saying, but some, occasionally someone would shout in the audience. I think someone said, "We love you, Elon." <laughs> <laughs> and he, um, you know, he he, he laughs with them, and uh, it was a very sort of very different to the to the highly choreographed, mm, mm. Um, uh, stage managed. Um, big indus- tech industry events that we've gotten yeah, used to, and yeah. it, it was, uh, I think, a very welcome uh, change. I think also it's because his 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 intentions, or you know, I, said, I guess his vision for the things he want to do in his life is is for the greater good rather than for mm. particularly for just the business. Which which we haven't touched on this, and maybe we should actually before we move on is the fact that this technology, all the patents around this Powerwall solution, are being open sourced. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. So he said in his present in his keynote, he said. We want other companies to take out patents, and we want them to build technology like this. Uh, we don't mind. We want uh, the more people are doing this, the better, because yeah. it's, be- it's 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 we're doing this for mankind, and we're not doing this for profit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, brilliant. not only for profit, not only anyway. for profit. Yeah. But um, look, it can certainly help help further their cause. I mean, if if, if yeah. they can get and if they can produce a lot of these batteries, I mean, and also if their technology is still far superior than anybody else building on their spec. Mm. They'll still do very yeah. well for themselves. Certainly, Tesla is—I is, mean, it's built a name for itself of quality, mm. and uh, you know, it's—it's—it's—you uh, know—I I would say it's—it's it's, it's built a name for quality, like Apple has. Um, yeah. If you want the best, you're going to go buy the Tesla solution. Mm. If you want a cheaper alternative, you probably go buy the Chinese alternative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they said not the only electric vehicle, but if you look at the amount of hype that you've seen around the Tesla brand and the vehicles around the yeah, world, I yeah. mean. Even BMW with the electric vehicles, so they do spend a lot more marketing and they're global, yes. Yeah. But uh, I can guarantee more people know about Tesla than they would do about the i3. Which project. would you rather have, a Tesla or a BMW oh, yeah, electric Tesla. car? No, I think the Tesla, Tesla for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no yeah. doubt. <laughs> that tells you something, doesn't yeah, it, about the brand? Yeah. Aspiration. And like you said, it's exactly uh, what Apple's done with, with their brand. You know, mm. it's, it's good quality, it's aspirational, but uh, you know, it's, it's something that very few mm. people can rival. Mm. And what's interesting here is that. Uh, I think the other point about the keynote is Musk wasn't in announcing just another Me Too smartphone. Mm. He's announcing something here that's actually going to do some good for the world. It's actually a practical solution. Yeah. 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 I mean, if it, it was also similar to his Hyperloop, uh, that, that invention that he just put out to the world mm. and said anybody can build it. I mean, it, it's uh, years ahead of its time, but 
the fact that he's not hold, held on to it or, or put patents on this thing so mm. nobody else can use it. Yeah. I like the way of thinking. I th- and well, I it, is patented, it, it is patented, but he's, he's open sourced. Oh, he's open sourced. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of thinking, I think, hopefully will, uh, will ignite uh, the same kind of uh, thing in other CEOs or mm. other businesses, you know, for the yeah. greater good, not just for our own profit. Yeah. Right. Well, cl- closer to home, uh, Telcom um, has uh, been doing some interesting things as well, um, mm. announcing, I think it was early last week. Uh, announcing some fairly radical cuts to what well, they seem to be radical anyway to their wholesale data price or the prices of some of their wholesale data products uh, including IPC IPC um, Internet Protocol Connect which is the product that most ISPs use to provide ADSL services to end users um, and we haven't seen any retail price cuts yet at least not at the time of recording and we're recording this a couple of days ahead of publication on Wednesday the um, sixth, of sixth of May. I must get the date right. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so there may be some announcements uh, made um, between the recording of this podcast and publication on Friday, but um, it certainly seems quite radical. Um, they've um, they're talking about price cuts. I think of up to sixty three percent in in IPC. I don't know if all the ISPs are going to get nearly as much as that, mm-hmm. but certainly the price cuts seem to go beyond what um, and Telcom says they go beyond what uh, they agreed to with the Competition Commission. Um, I think last year or the year before last, um, in the, their uh, settlement agreement over their prior anti-competitive behaviour, and they seem to be genuine about trying to build their wholesale business as a as a you know uh, you know building bulk there, and mm-hmm. they seem to have come to the realisation very late, I must say, that um, you know the right model in telecoms is to is to to go for scale yeah. um, instead of um, you know throttling the amount of uh, bandwidth you know uh, uh, make it as cheaply available as possible and open it up to everybody and get grow the demand and grow your network exactly and it's the right strategy because you know telcom's dsl network has has stagnated below a million users um and the only way you're going to get that up is by making this more affordable and more compelling mm-hmm. than the mobile alternatives and um one way of doing that is by slashing wholesale rates and this is what they seem to have done um, we haven't seen the reaction yet, but I would anticipate, if it hasn't been announced um, by the time this podcast is published, I would anticipate that within the coming days, we're going to see a number of announcements from ISPs of, of reduced prices and possibly quite radically reduced prices. Sure, sure. So why do you think they, 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 they uh, had price increases for, con- for their consumer customers or home customers uh, a while back? Oh, you mean the line rental? The line rental went up, yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, it seemed to be counter, counterproductive to what they're it trying does. to do. Yeah. It does. It does. Um I don't know the answer to that question. You'd have to ask Telcom that directly, but mm. I would imagine that um, it's got to do with the um, the access line deficit that they they, got, uh, they harp yeah, on about. Yeah. Um, the fact they, is they lose money for every line for every line in service from the basic line rental amount. So they may be trying to um, um, deal with that. Um, um, you know, cutting prices in areas where they can afford to cut prices, but increasing prices where. Um, where they need to deal with um, loss-making entities sure, or, or sure. business areas, and certainly that that, base, that basic line rental cost is is, is not enough to to um, and the but access line deficit is is, is arguably quite large. Um, Telcom argues it's, argues it's huge. You speak to people at Ecasa, they say perhaps it's not as large as Telcom makes it out to be, sure, but sure. it's still there. Mm. Um, so it probably makes business sense for them to to, to try and to deal with that loss-making part of the business. Um, it's never popular with customers, and they've got it in the neck, I think, from 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 many people. And it's a difficult one for Telcom. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, you know, this is a loss-making part of their business. Um, 
I spoke to about this about I spoke to telecom CEO um, Brian Armstrong about this about a year ago, and he said that there's no direct correlation between line rental prices and the number of fixed lines in service. Um, it seems hard to believe, but that's that's he says they've modelled it, they've done the numbers, they've done the analysis, and there is no direct link to the annual increase in in uh, basic line rental and the annual sure. decrease in the number of lines of service. <laughs> it looks like, to, to me, it looks like there's a direct correlation, but he says there isn't. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they've crunched the numbers, so, um, you know, uh, I guess we can't disbelieve them. Sure. But um, it, it is an interesting one. This, at the same time they're pushing up basic line rental, they're cutting wholesale prices. So I guess on one hand, Telcom giveth, and on the other hand, Telcom take, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> All hell, Telcom. <laughs> Um, but a, good, a positive announcement this wholesale price cut and um, mm-hmm. the fact that it goes beyond what was required of them um, suggests that this is, a, you know, this is a new telecom trying new things and um, let's hope the retail ISPs um, r- respond by cutting their prices or offering yeah. additional value added yeah. services because that could balance out the line rental increase a little exactly. bit and then you know, it could even overcome it yeah. oh, that'll be great yeah. and also I think it's a good thing for, for the industry or for, for competition in the industry giving giving these ISPs a bit more uh, leeway with, with their pricing. Because mm. uh, that's where the real competition has come from. I mean, um, you know, one, one, once one ISP cuts, they all cut. Mm. Um, mm. So someone's going to pull the trigger in the coming days if they haven't already by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ADSL data is already so cheap, it'll just be really good to, uh, yeah. to, 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 see, uh, to see a drop a bit more. Yeah. And, uh, and have. I think a lot of consumers will just want additional data, actually, because, you know, if you're paying a certain amount for, say, 100 gigs a month, and this will give you 150 gigs a month, I think many consumers will be happy to get the 150 gigs a month yeah. and pay the same price. Because yeah, yeah. your demands are always increasing. You're always watching more video, you're consuming the internet more. Exactly. And as your line speeds improve, you're just going to keep consuming more data. Yeah, yeah. and you eat the nail on the head there. I mean, mm-hmm. as, as long as they also continue with the line speed improvements, and I think they've, they're doing it. What I see in my neighborhood uh, already is they, there's a lot of work going into to putting in the VDSL, or at least there's, there's, there's a fiber backbone, but uh, they'll do uh, VDSL options to, to the home, and it yeah. uh, seems to be very popular. At least at least we're seeing some movement in that. And Yeah, and VDSL is very good. I mean, you and I talk a lot about getting fiber to the home and that mm, sort of thing, mm. but if you've got a 20 or 40 megabit per second VDSL connection, that's actually pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hoping the 40 meg VDSL goes live in our neighborhood soon, then I'll be yeah. able to report back. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've spoken to some people that has that, and yeah, a 20 meg line is more than sufficient for most, for most power users. You can do HD streaming easily yeah. on that. You can probably do 4K streaming on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my only thing really is I would love to see a better upstream rates, uh, or at least... That's one of the big problems of ADSL. Yeah, 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 without going to, to an asynchronous, a very expensive business solution. Yeah. It would be nice to have a 2 or 3 meg yeah. up, up 40 meg down. Yeah, that yeah. would be nice. Yeah. yeah. What does Telcom offer on fiber? Do you know? Mm-hmm. It's 100 megs down. I think it's 5 or 10 up. I forget which, but it's a decent up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... They have they have increased the upload speed though on some of their packages. I I, I know I'm on a on a 10 meg line. It used to be a 512 up, and it's now a 1 meg up. Yes, yes, mine is the same. I'm on yeah. an 8 meg line, well, 10 meg, but it, it syncs at 8 meg, and uh, it's it's just under a, a meg up, yeah, yeah. which is is better than what it was, but it's still a small jump. Still I mean, slow. It, it, need, it mm. needs to go into the megabytes now, which is, I think, I mean, I don't mind paying for the output data, and that's that's the thing. You know, they could probably make more money if they allowed to do this kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know, just to give us a better output service. Yeah. And when you look at things uh, like competing with the fiber installations, uh, a lot of those fiber installations will be used for, for security, security cameras, and mm. for that you need a good up, up speed that's or true. upload speed yeah, rather that's than true. just a, a very fast download speed. That's true, that's true. Great. Well, uh, let's keep an eye on the space and see what happens at the retail level, but um, it's promising sounds coming out of Telcom, which is good.
Uh, what's next? Um, me and you mobile. mobile yeah, new MVNO. Um, Some only. Um, uh, the story is a little old now, so let's um, let's let's get get through it quickly. But um, if anyone has missed it, uh, uh, this is a new MVNO mobile virtual network operator in the vein of, uh, I guess, Virgin Mobile uh, in this market and um, offering a SIM only solution uh, month to month. So no twenty four month lock in, but you don't get a handset. But I think I think more and more consumers are uh, looking for that type of solution. They don't they don't want to lock in. They don't want yeah, twenty four month yeah. lock in, and they don't want to have to pay the operator what they do for that uh, for that subsidized handset. Yeah, a lot of people have old handsets. I mean, there's been generations of mobile phone users now. There's a lot of hand me downs, mm. and um, you know, as long as one of one person in the family upgrades their contract every two years, I think there's there's generally a good steady flow of, of handsets. You're mm. right. I mean, you don't need to get a new handset all the time anymore. Yeah, unless you're a you or me or power, you, power easy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to have a new handset every second week but <laughs> yeah yeah but our families would love this yeah so. yeah, yeah for sure so an interesting move it's um, uh, out of Ignition Group a company based down in Schlange near Durban um, and a sister company to MVNX which is the um, enabling business that um, has launched a number of MVNOs now including Mr. Price or MRP Mobile and Mr. Price Stable so we'll keep an eye on them they're online only so you have to uh, sign up online use a credit card uh, all the support is online. It's a completely virtual business. I um, like that. I like that. Mm. It's, it's another solution that's easy to get to if you if you connect to the internet. Yeah. Yeah. But piggyback, is it, is piggybacks it, on cell C's network, so um, you know, approach with a little bit of caution if sure, you're sure. about network. Yeah, I guess that's the only downside, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, is the MVNO model still a profitable one? I mean, it would seem if you look at the, the likes of Virgin Mobile and, and those guys, I mean, it's, it doesn't seem to be as as popular, as big as as the no. It's a niche offering. I mean, I think the biggest market for MVNOs is Germany, if I'm not mistaken, where about 20% of the market is subscribed via an MVNO. Sure. So it's big there. But um, it's still a minority of the market. And I think that, I mean, I was chatting to Steve Bailey, who heads up MVNX, which is the enablement business that um, makes this possible, uh, ex-Virgin uh, Mobile CEO here in South Africa. And he, he said it's, um, you know, these are niche solutions. Um, you know, they're value adds for, ex- for established brands, typically. Um, mm. So MRP Mobile... Um, probably not going after more than a few thousand or a few tens of thousands of customers sure, in the Mr. Sure. Mr. Price retail stable. I think an interesting one is going to be in this MVNO space is going to be the launch of um, F&B Mobile, which is coming yeah, very soon. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, I'm surprised it hasn't been launched yet. Uh, it seems mm. they seem to be delaying it. I'm not sure why. Um, but I'd expect it to launch within the next month or two, and that that's going to be an interesting one because you know yeah. here's a big established bank with a strong retail presence, um, good customer service, um, uh, established they're loyalty. I mean, that's they're selling devices already. Yeah. They've got an established loyalty scheme in eBucks, which they can tie aggressively into this mobile product. Um, um, and um, I think that they could they could really shake up the market because I think the other banks will then take a look and Plus say, well, maybe we need to be doing this as well. Um, so, yeah, I think F&B will be the, the big one. Of course, F&B, again, will be working on Celsius network, and I think, mm. I think that may be the reason for some of the delays that we've seen. Um, I think if, uh, perhaps F&B is a bit concerned about the quality of Celsius yeah, network. Yeah. That, is a, that is a true concern. And, yeah. but, I mean, good for Celsius. They seem to be, uh, they'll, they'll be yeah. improving their revenue, I guess. So. And one hopes that if F&B does come to market, that um, this is going to prompt Vodacom and MTN finally to start offering decent wholesale solutions in the MVNO market. Yes. Because yes. they've been allergic, to, they've, they've been just about as allergic to MVNOs as they have been to dual SIM phones. And, <laughs> and, you know, actually opening up this market to competition, MVNO, a proper wholesale model from these two operators is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, I think the, 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 um, 
I mean, the Dulcim one is a big one as well. But you know, certainly the wholesale, opening up the market from a wholesale perspective by these two operators in a structured way is, is crucial. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, FMB coming to market will force their hands as well as the other banks um, and start to make this market really interesting indeed. Yeah, yeah. It's got there's a lot of room for a lot of room for growth. For sure. Uh, for sure. So I think the last um, bit of news we need to talk about this week is Microsoft's Build Conference, uh, mm. which is always a big event. Um, it's their annual event. Yeah, I think it's always hosted in the US, if I'm not mistaken, where um, they get all their de- their hardcore developers together to talk about uh, you know building code for Windows. Yeah, it's and a geeky conference. A very very techy, very geeky conference. Um, and uh, they had some interesting announcements this year. I think the one that really caught my eye was the fact that um, it's going to be dirt easy now for um, iOS and Android app developers to port their apps to Windows. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's and, huge. And no, it is. It's massive. And it's, it's, it's a reminiscent of the new Microsoft that we've been seeing of late because they're really moving away from trying to build everything on their platform or, or mm. focused only on the Windows platform. But, you know, they're now in a position where they can say, listen, we can, we can open these things up. We want people to develop for all platforms. We want our software to run on all platforms. Um, it's something we haven't seen for, well, we have never seen from Microsoft mm-hmm. up until the last few years. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you make it easier for programmers to develop their their apps and their software for for majority of their customers, um, I think you'll you'll get a much better uptake. And that's one that was yeah. a big problem with Windows Phone. Or, yes, it has been. It has been, and uh, this neatly solves it. I mean, yeah. you're not just you're not going to be able to run Android and iOS apps straight out the box, as it were. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of development work that has to happen. I think that makes sense because you don't want to create an ugly kludge which I think is kind of what Blackberry did when it started offering yeah, Android apps yeah. on its Blackberry 10 platform um, you, you want the developers to actually put a bit of effort into making it look like a Windows app um, and make sure it works properly on the Windows Phone platform but most of the grunt work of actually developing the apps you know you don't have to build it from scratch again from the ground up on Windows 10 Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think this is a very smart move from Microsoft that's going to get them a lot of market share for, for Windows Phone which, which really hasn't taken off in a big way because largely because of this app problem mm, mm. Um, and this neatly solves it and it's a very smart move from, from Microsoft and I think many of the people who would consider moving to Windows Phone and I'm among them yeah. would actually do it now if, if some of these popular apps available for iPhone and Android um, oh, start right, becoming right. available on that platform in fact it could put Windows Phone ahead of Android because you know, there's still a number of apps that are iOS only yeah. and if those can run on Windows Phone and don't run on Android then um, it could put Windows Phone in a very strong position indeed. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. And then if you look at Windows 10 essentially being a free operating system when it comes out, yeah. you know, they, they not only switch things around, but I think they're going to get a lot of new users as a result of it. Which yeah. is, which is it's actually um, remarkable how, how, what they're doing these days and how much of their software they're giving away for free. I mean, I'm, I've been using a Microsoft, um, the next version of Microsoft Office, I think it's 2015 or 2016, 2016 yeah. for, um, for Mac. Um, yes. And it works brilliantly, and it's you know it's free until it launches. And I'm an, I'm an Office 365 subscriber anyway. I pay free, a yeah. thousand bucks a year, and I get access to it on all the platforms I want to use it on. Um, and and um, you know that's available. You can now get Office for Android for iOS. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, they're probably going to start releasing software on Linux soon at this rate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's definitely a changed Microsoft, and and one that's no longer it's no longer a Windows first strategy yeah, um, yeah. and it's the right strategy uh, and I don't think it's all Satya Adela, by the way I think Steve Ballmer started this um, and I think some credit must go to him although he's not going to get uh, history won't be kind to him yeah no, um, no, I think that um, I think that he deserves some of the credit for this change but it's, it's a remarkably changed Microsoft um, um, 
and, and let's not forget, I mean, these things are doing is so important to your corporate industry who still largely runs on Windows. And they, a lot of those uh, network administrators are up in or you know, have been up in arms because there's, there's, there's no real movement in, in, the, in the, or there hasn't been any movement in the Windows in, or Microsoft industry. And mm. now where we're seeing this kind of thing, um, you know, I think that a lot of network uh, administrators would be rest assured knowing that, okay, there's, there's mm. some movement happening and, and we'll be seeing some really interesting things coming from Microsoft yeah, as yeah. a result, especially from the development platform, um, giving developers more scope to develop their apps across more platforms yeah. or use different platforms to develop their apps on yeah, for yeah. Windows, uh, which, which I think is very important. Mm. There's a very interesting article on The Verge uh, published, when was this published? Yesterday, oh, the 5th of May, um, from our recording date. But um, very interesting headline, I haven't read it yet, but I'm, I'm going to, I've sent it to Pocket and I'm going to read it over the weekend. But very interesting headline, it says, Apple and Microsoft's visions for the future are delightfully different. And the subhead reads, one, one, one wants the device at the center of your life, the other one wants to make the device irrelevant. Mm. It's an interesting, uh, interesting thought. Um, clash of uh, business models clash and approaches. Of, yeah, yeah. And I think Microsoft must also, if, if Microsoft looks at Apple's market share and, and the amount of money that that company makes, mm. I think that's a, that was a big fire under the bottoms that was lit um, mm. for, for them to really you know, pull out all the stops and become the Microsoft that it should have been 10 yes. years ago. Yes, it's, it's, it's amazing to see the difference compared to just Microsoft three years ago and mm. where they are mm. today and uh, how people are talking differently about the company now yeah. and, and uh, people are excited about the future of Microsoft again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're starting to see it in the share price too, which has been ticking up. Uh, it's um, put out some good numbers the other day and it's it's um, sitting close to its 52-week um, high at the moment. Brilliant. And, uh, not, not actually far off its all-time high set back in the middle of the dot-com bubble. Jeez, jeez. And and for me, just just on a, on a final note, there, Microsoft, there's so many little things that Microsoft's also been doing lately that that I, that I go, this is something that was needed so many years ago. Mm. I mean, I reinstalled a, a old Windows Seven machine the other day, and I was looking for ISO. I didn't have it. Uh, obviously, I, I went to a torrent site to see what was available, but I don't like downloading operating systems on on torrent sites, obviously. Um, and then I found out that Microsoft actually you can download if you have your serial key. Yeah. Uh, it was for Windows Seven home edition or professional or something you can actually download an official ISO or you know through a torrent no no through through their website oh, oh yes so yes, you, yes. you put in your key and they will say to you okay this is the operating system you have download the, the even if it's Windows 7 even if it's old you know mm. it doesn't and I like that kind of thing and then they make it more accessible because a lot of people still have old machines they're not forcing you to do you know, to move yeah. up to the latest stuff, they're making it available. It's, it's. I mean, a few years ago, it was impossible to get any software directly downloaded from, mm. from Microsoft's website, mm. unless you had a Technet subscription. Yes. Um, no, it's brilliant. Yeah. And I've, I've been running Windows 10 uh, technical preview, which I had a bit of a hiccup with. My <laughs> <laughs> <A laughs> computer stopped working. I had to remove a graphics card, but apart from that, it's been working quite well. It's early adopter syndrome. Indeed. I've since moved from the fostering to the slow ring of updates. Um, so hopefully, I'm, I'm not going to install a bit of um, rogue <laughs> Microsoft software that's going to crash my machine and, and result in it having to go into the shop for some surgery. Yeah, yeah. But uh, look, that's the kind of thing we, 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 we kind of expect when we. I mean, as as early adopters and people mm. that, that try and run these things before they release, mm. it's like a gamble you take, but it's still worth it. I mean, Windows yeah. 10 is a great operating system. Yeah. yeah, it's looking good. I like what they're doing. I li uh, for the first time, I actually feel that I, I get what they were trying to do with Windows 8, mm. um, yeah. and they've they've integrated the desktop and the touch first environment well now. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I still haven't seen Windows 10 running on a tablet yet, so I don't know what that experience is like and how much of the desktop you actually see. Oh yeah, but um, but it should be it, 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 it should scale good. quite nicely. It's looking yeah. good, yeah. 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 
Cool. Um, let's do our uh, winner and loser segment. Our winner this week is an easy one. It's mm. Elon Musk. Without uh, a doubt. We've, uh, I think we've explained why earlier in the show, so we'll move right along to our loser this week. And that's that's ESCOM for a rather bizarre story that we picked up via News24 this week um, about a machine that they apparently lost to some criminals, criminal syndicate in, uh, where was it, Limpopo? A prepaid elect- well, electricity dispensing well code dispensing machine right yeah let me read this ESCOM said its revenue has increased since the arrest of members of a Limpopo prepaid electricity syndicate who are allegedly enriching themselves with old vending machines <laughs> the company said it had been losing at least 400 million rand a year uh, as a result of a credit dispensing unit machine stolen by the syndicate six years ago um, now, the story is absolutely bizarre because apparently this machine will only stop issuing these vouchers in 2024 Wow. If it's not retrieved by ESCOM. And it's offline, so there's no ways to remotely disable it apparently. or to, to disable the codes that it dispenses. Yes, apparently. Um, absolutely remarkable how ESCOM you know, even thought of releasing something like this into the wild. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but, um, and it's, I mean, that's a lot of money. And if you consider the problems that, the, that, that they're having with, with electricity today, I mean, yeah. it's, you're, you're, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, indeed. Indeed, anyway, um, the dangers of recording a podcast in the suburbs is that someone's just fired up a lawnmower. <laughs> so um, let's uh, we'll wrap it up. Let's yeah. wrap it up, yeah. Um, let's, let's get on to our picks of the week. Rechard, what have you got this week? So my pick isn't particularly new, but it's something that, uh, it's an app that, that I've recently started playing with again, because uh, I'm, I'm a Mac user. Um, it's Parallels Desktop. So Parallels Desktop is a virtualization software um, that allows me to run any operating system within macOS, obviously. Um, but I've been using it to, to run Windows 10 and do some experimentation and play with the software. There was a few apps that I needed that's not on uh, macOS either so you know from that point of view it's, it, it, it helped me to access those applications um, the last time I used a virtualization software like this was probably five years ago and I'm, I'm very impressed with how slick it is now and how effortlessly it works and how well it integrates with my files on macOS already mm. um, I mean I'm just showing Duncan here but if you look at my desktop all the files that are on my Mac desktop is actually available as files usable files on my Windows 10 desktop yeah, cool. so it's, it's almost like an invisible uh, layer between the two um, and it's been solid I mean uh, and just the ability to, to quickly fire up Windows within Mac um, without mm. having to go into boot camp which is what I used to do right um, it, it's, it's, it's well worth it and for 90 uh, I think it's $70 that I paid for it so it's just under 1000 Rand um, it's well worth it and the operating system's free so I can't complain yeah looks good looks very good and and the so power is good the power is it, it's, running applications you fire up apps and it's fast and, and uh, yeah, I how mean, much I, RAM have you got in that computer oh this is a 16 gig machine 16 so, gig yeah, 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 no, this helps. is a powerhouse <laughs> yeah 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 no, this is, and with my SSD uh, oh, right, it, yes, it, okay. it helps okay. um, so I mean your experience might vary if you have a slow machine but yeah. on, on, on a Mac you shouldn't have a problem it scales quite nicely to, to speed and when I fire up an application um, I can assign well, I can, in settings I can assign how you know, is this mm. going to be a, a design virtual machine or is this going to be a gaming virtual machine it's just going to be a, a web browser so it yeah. assigns resources accordingly um, so Parallels it's, it's old software but the, the latest version very impressive cool. if, you, if you have it need go for it cool my pick this week is something I can actually do with now given the background lawnmower sounds but that's uh, <laughs> it's the um, it's a new set of headphones from Bose uh, they're not cheap. It's the Bose QC25. They retail in the US for about $299. So you're looking at probably the upper 4000s here on retail. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, um, it's, uh, I did a lot of research on, on this pair of headphones. I've owned a few headphones over the last 20, 20 years or so, and I've, 
I've tended just to buy on impulse, walk into a store. Hey, check these out. Chill, check those out. Those look pretty good. I know that brand. I bought those. I made a big mistake buying a pair of, pair of Beats headphones, by the way. Uh, the quality of those is, is, is really not worth the price. So are you selling a pair of Beats headphones then, I guess? No, the thing's actually packed up oh, after, right. a, after, a, after a year and a half or so. But the quality was ne- never that great, and uh, I, I wasn't particularly impressed with them, so I won't be buying another pair of Beats. But the, um, the Bose QC25s, uh, which is their pair of headphones I went for, are absolutely remarkable. They're the best noise cancelling I've heard in any pair of headphones. And uh, the sound, the quality of the sound is just spectacular. It's not tuned for any particular type of music. Um, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's um, it's just refined, um, and um, it's hard to describe. But if you look in the market for a pair of headphones, go and check, test out a few in, in your in your local electronic store, and put on the QC25s and just take a listen to the sound quality difference compared to to other. Um, headphones in the same price yeah, range yeah. and I think you'll be blown away by the quality um, very very good and I'm very happy with that purchase so um, if you're looking for a decent pair of high end over the ear um, uh, noise cancelling headphones um, the Bose QC25 is the best I've heard yeah yeah you probably need a small home loan or a small bank loan to take them but uh, yeah, you'll, you'll have decent sound right? decent sound <laughs> and, and I, I do a lot of writing obviously um, mm. and uh, I need to. I find if I need to write a piece quickly, I need to get away from what's happening around me. I, you know, I pop into a restaurant or even you know, sit in the office or whatever. I just pop the headphones on, and it doubles my productivity. I, I just yeah, get lost yeah. in the music. Um, I usually put on some heavy rock, and <laughs> um, and um, you know, I can I can pump out a I can pump pump out a, a story pretty quickly. So um, it's it's uh, for me it's 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 a no brainer spending that money because it's a mm. productivity enhancer. Well, that's my oh, yeah. justification anyway. But it is impressive. I had a quick listen to these, um, and the sound, the the the, the, the noise cancellation is really good. It, yeah, it, it, it you don't it just blocks out all the sound. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think that enhances the music experience too. And that wasn't the Bose cutting out the lawnmower. That was the lawnmower running out of petrol. <laughs> <laughs> but the effect is almost the same. Absolutely. Great. Well, that's um, that's the show for this week. Um, as always, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Info at techcentral.ca or leave a post on the entry. Um, from Richard and myself, have a great weekend. Until next time, cheers. Ciao, ciao.